Uh, hi everyone, this is Juanita and welcome back to my podcast channel. So today we have an interesting guest in studio. Um, her name is Yvette <laughs> and she's more popularly known on social media as Yvette Allo. On digital space, of course, she is a life coach and business strategist who aims to change the world through changing individuals and transforming businesses on a global scale. Using social media as a tool, Yvette actually engages with over 20,000 people on a daily basis, sharing inspirational content that focuses on awakening the mind and soul, along with business growth-focused content. When she's not online, she's on the ground hosting personal and business development workshops through her own entities and partnerships. Yeah, she does quite a lot. I know. I'm not going to go into her educational background because when I looked at it, I was just like, oh my goodness, it makes sense why she puts out so much content because her mind is her mind is her value, that her mind is her asset. And she's, I mean, she's got a Bachelor of Business Science Administration in Marketing Management from IAM graduates. She's got a qualification in digital marketing, NPL, NLP practitioner from Global Strength, coaching business systems, etc., etc., etc. So before I continue no more, because I could literally take the entire day trying to introduce Yvette. Um, hi, Yvette. Hi, Yvette. How are you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm good, thank you. Yvette, where do you get the time? Oh my goodness, you do so much. Uh, I know, I know. It's it's it's. Uh... It's, it's a journey. Like, I didn't plan to have all those qualifications, but just because there's so many things that I want to do, and I'm just like, ah. Then you find yourself now with, like, 50 things that you're doing at the same time because you're so in purpose and you're just doing everything that uh-huh. your soul kind of, like, compels you to do. So, really, um, it, sounds, it sounds more than what it is, <laughs> like, when you read it from my bio. But really, I think I'm just a person that's taking it one day at a time. So, Yvette... Um, so the reason why you're on my podcast today is because I followed you. I think, when did I follow you? I can't quite remember. But Yvette, um, what's your Twitter handle? Uh, Yvette Ali. Yes. Yvette underscore Ali. Um, so Yvette posts quite a lot of like inspirational, motivational, and practical advice about life and how to manage life, coping, and so forth. And she was one of the people I noted online. I followed her immediately when I saw her content because I get so much value from her content and everybody does, you know, and it makes sense. And I just found that like, you know what, it's so important to have her here. And before then, I actually didn't even know what she does up until I read up on her and I realized that she's a, she's a life coach. You know, I thought she's a psychologist first. <laughs> don't, no. people, don't, every, don't a lot of people think you're a psychologist? No? So many What do people, people think when they... <sighs> Okay, so a lot of people do think I'm a counselor or a psychologist, you know, um, and the work that I do, uh, because it does focus on healing, it does focus on moving you forward in life, it does focus on your your internal environment a lot, you know, your mind, your mental wellness. So a lot of people really think that I'm a psychologist and they come and they sit in my sessions and they're like, okay, let's talk. (laughs) And I'm like, no, that's not how it works, you know? So it does, what I do in terms of um, the kind of coaching that I do, it's complementary to psychology, you know, because there are people that really feel like, oh, should, if I'm seeing you, does that mean I stop seeing my psychologist? No, you know, I think it's complementary. Like psychologists serve their purpose and me as a coach or an NLP practitioner, I serve my purpose as well. Yeah. Look, I mean, it's definitely something which I want to understand and the difference between because I see that you know it says you're a life coach yeah and I also want to understand what is a life coach what is yeah. a what is a personal life coach what yeah. is a business coach because I see you do both yeah and I think today I wanted us to delve more deeper into the life coach aspect of things yeah and I see you have a certified peak performance certificate so yes. you're a certified peak performance life coach yeah so I just want to understand what is that and what is life coaching what relevance does it play why do i need to see a life coach okay so generally life coaching is about basically what it says life (laughs) so obviously we all have lives we all have goals that we want to reach we all have things that we want to move past or move towards you know so a life coach is somebody that comes in and they accelerate the process of you getting to your next um i think that's the simplest definition that i can give it so it could be in your career space could be in your Mm -hmm. relationship space um it could be in terms of just your wellness you know your physical goals any kind of goal that you want to reach a life coach is somebody that can help you with that so in terms of what i do um all my coaching 
teaching strategies come from neurolinguistics programming, which is what we've been calling NLP the whole time, mm. you know, which is just strategies that can help you improve in your personal life and in your business life, you know. So that's where the peak performance comes in as well. We use the same strategies throughout, right? So in those spaces, it, it includes just... In NLP is basically just a set of strategies that you use to improve somebody's life. So that means if somebody has a trauma, we have strategies to move you past that trauma. If somebody just wants to achieve a goal again in your career, your personal life, your relationship goals, we have strategies that help you um, um, overcome those things and mm. get to your next. Um, so a lot of times what NLP, in terms of NLP, what we do is we deal with the root cause, right? So we establish the root cause. We understand mm -hmm. how your mind works. Which are, that's why it's called neuro-linguistics programming. Neuro meaning mind, linguistics mm -hmm. language, programming, well, programming. <laughs> so um, in that space, it's about understanding how your mind works personally. Because for example, me as Yvette, I'm not perfect. <laughs> so I don't have all the solutions, but your mind does. You know, So we work mostly with every individual's individual experiences you uh -huh. know how did you get to where you are what is the root cause of those things being bringing those things to the surface and then dealing with them so that you can move on to your next but then why would i want to see a psychologist if you do this <laughs> you're being serious well it's very different i think a lot of times psychologists give you a space to um to talk about the things that you're going through, yes. you know. So it's, again, the same thing. Um, that's why I say they intertwine so much, mm. but um, we do things differently, you know. So seeing a psychologist and seeing somebody that does what I do will give you a benefit as well, you know, but then we just approach them differently, mm. I think. Yeah, so in our focus, um, yeah, we just focus on finding the root cause directly. And, for example, I'd have a session with a client who came in because um, I want to start a business, but I don't have enough confidence, you mm. know. And then... When I sit in with in a session with them, um, then it will come up that the reason they don't have confidence is because they were bullied in their childhood, you know. And then you don't see the link as an individual, like in the workspace. Or, for example, if your parents were really hard on you and you're now, you come to me and you say, you know what, I'm really struggling to balance my life right now, you know. So when I sit in a session with a client like that who's struggling with balance and is basically... Um, not finding balance within their life, right? When I sit with them, I find that, oh, actually, your parents are really hard on you. They never told you they're proud of you or they compared you to your siblings, which therefore, unconsciously, you decided, you know what, for me to be mm. accepted in society, for me to be, to, be, to be loved or to feel like I'm enough, then I have to overperform. So it's, 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 that's the part that people don't miss, you know? Mm. So in my session, we make sure we don't deal with the symptoms, which are, for example, not being able to manage stress or mm -hmm. just not being confident, things like that. That's a symptom or not, not repeating the same patterns in relationships. You could find that your parents were divorced when you're a young age. Mm. And then unconsciously, you just made an unconscious decision saying, you know what, um, relationships never work or all men will leave. You know, you don't know that unconsciously that decision is affecting you now as an adult. But the reason you, you cre keep creating the same pattern is because of that unconscious belief. So that means we can't change the behavior unless we change the belief, you know, because mm. your beliefs create your thoughts and your thoughts create your actions, right? So... That's basically kind of what I do. And that's why it falls into so many spaces because, again, that's why I feel it's so important for me to include that in the entrepreneurial space because, again, a client will come in and they perhaps have to do a presentation, right? And they're suffering from a lack of confidence, right? Mm -hmm. I can't deal with the symptom and say, hey, you can do it. <laughs> that's the symptom. They're going to have to go back to that space again and they'll find <laughs> that, okay, I'm struggling again. So for in, in order for my clients to become independent, Right and not keep coming back to me. We have to find the root cause, remove the, bring it to the con like to a conscious level. You know where we can say this so, is it. So yeah. just to make an example, um, yeah. and I'll use myself here. Yeah. So one of my childhood, so from a very young age, mm -hmm. I had to learn how to push and depend on myself mm -hmm. and be very independent. Yeah. And I realized that a lot of times I neglected. I kind of didn't, I struggled to handle, on, I didn't know how to deal with negative emotions. Yeah. So what I did was I would sweep it underneath the carpet. Yeah. So it affected and filtered right through into my adulthood because yeah. I realized that when I, and I, it was pointed out by my psychologist actually that I was very detached mm. from my negative emotions. Yeah. I, the reason why I ended up in psychology, I ended up mm. um, having to see a psychologist was because I would internalize a lot of things. Mm. So when I'm sad, I didn't know how to identify when I'm being sad. Mm. I would say, I'm sad. I'm hurt. I'm yeah. angry. 
would I? So you would you, I feel you made the it emotion? logical? <laughs> no. Yes. Yeah. Like yeah. I was overly logical. <laughs> yeah. So I I would say I'm sad, mm. but am I experiencing the sadness? No. Yeah. She'd look at me like this. Like most of our session would start with us trying to her trying to tap yeah. into my emotions. <laughs> they were like locked away. It was so hard. Even my best friend, I remember our best friend of ten years. Mm. Um, she said. She struggled to connect with me in the beginning, mm. even for me to tell her I love you and to be warm and hug her. It was hard. It was it was hard. And yeah. it's something which I've gotten better with over years, but I'm still struggling with it, particularly with, like I said, negative emotions. Mm. I don't know how to acknowledge them. Last yeah. year, I think when I started therapy and I had to experience them, it was like the hardest thing ever. I'm just like, why am mm. I feeling like this? I'm like, what is this? It shows like it's a natural effect or emotion you <laughs> yeah. ought to experience because yeah. of that. Yeah. You know, so I'm thinking... Would you, for example, come to a point where you help me mm. to start ex- acknowledging those emotions, yes. how to deal with them? Because I'm just like, I don't know, I don't know how to deal with all mm. of that negative emotion. I mm. kind of like, you know, you know, bye. Put it away. I put it away because yeah. for me, that's that's what I've been used. That's how I've been operating mm. all my life. However, she said that I got into a point where I needed to learn how to operate from a different perspective. Yeah. And uh, not just from a flight perspective. Yeah. And then that's where, is that where you'd come in yeah. to help me how to do that? Yeah. Um, the thing about emotions is that emotions are energy in motion. You know? Yeah. So when you don't express them, right, they kind of just stay within your system and then they eat you from inside. <laughs> that's Basically. What and then you, you fall apart because it, you, it becomes, it turns into stress, it turns into anxiety, mm-hmm. and then further down it turns into depression because mm-hmm. you're not expressing yourself. So the way that we've been created by the divine, the creator, is that we're created in a way that we could express these emotions to allow us to function. You know, like mm-hmm. when a kid is sad, you know, they don't pretend, that's why they're fine. <laughs> And then five minutes mm-hmm. later, they're happy. You know, but as oh. adults, we've been told that we have to have our, our, our things together, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, um, all the time. Like, we're told that you can't fall apart. You're mm-hmm. told that it's not okay to cry, you know. So with you, um, I, I would definitely say there was probably an event that happened within your childhood that communicate to you, communicated to you that it's not okay for me to express my emotions. Perhaps you probably were in an environment where maybe when you did express them, which is a lot of which is a big case, you know, for me, Mm. that was my childhood too, where I felt like it's not okay for me to express my opinion. It's not okay for me to express my emotions, you know? So Mm. you could find that then you made an unconscious decision to say, you know what, then it's, it's, since it's not safe, I won't express my emotion anymore to protect Mm. yourself. So the irony of it, most of the time when you create this, this, this pattern, um, Mm -hmm. it's to protect yourself unconsciously. So, but then when you become an adult, now you need to express yourself and you're struggling to, because you can't dive into that emotional space. You've become incredibly um, rational, you know, which you need a good balance of both. You know, you need a good balance of ration and emotion. But emotions are energy in motion. I actually wrote an article about this to say that you need to feel them so that you can heal. If you don't allow them to flow like an electric current, you know, through your system, Mm -hmm. then it's just going to stop and then you won't be able to they basically eat you up from inside. So the negative energy stays within your body instead of you expressing it and releasing it. Look, I think... Just two things to add on to that. Yeah. Um, I kind of had to change my relationships mm-hmm. and be more honest in my relationships because mm-hmm. I realized that it wasn't fair. Because if you did something to me, mm-hmm. because I'd be too afraid to hurt you yeah. by telling you exactly how I feel. Yeah. If you upset me, my natural reaction, it's okay, and I'll move step mm-hmm. back and I'll try and take that, and I'll take the, try and take that anger out. I'll, I'll swear, mm-hmm. but that was very very damaging to me mm-hmm. because at the end of the day, you. It wasn't fair on both of us because you ended up not knowing what you did to me because I cut you off, yeah. which is not fair on you. Yeah. And you probably end up wondering, what did I do to her? Like she stopped talking to me mm. and stuff like that. Or I'll just detach emotionally yeah. without communicating it to you. So it ended up hurting, hurting my relationships. Or and it ended hurting up you. The mm. depth of the depth and the mm. quality of relationships I had. Yeah. And when I went through this change, the first thing my psychologist told me was to have a conversation with my family. And that's the first thing I did. I mm. said to them, hi, I'm experiencing this. And before I used to internalize things a lot. Mm. And that affected the quality of our relationships. Mm. And I've had the conversation with my friends too. And I said that I'm going to start being more vocal. That way, what it does, it's healthier for me and it's healthier for our relationship. Because mm. you get to know exactly what I'm thinking. Mm. And I had to struggle because I had to find a balance between being not being rude also trying to protect your emotions 
and at the same time telling you how I feel. Mm-hmm. It was a very uncomfortable phase because it was very uncomfortable. Yeah. But I'm happier now because I say exactly what's on my mind mm-hmm. respectfully. But what you're saying is absolutely right. Like I'm a lot. It's still a work in progress. Yeah. But I'm happier. And I think for me, the childhood aspect which you talk about mm. in the event, that is also very, very true. Yeah. Because I remember when my parents used to fight, mm. I remember one time I tried to communicate that to my sister. Mm. She was like, be strong, don't cry. And, and it that, stuck with you. And that's exactly mm. how it started in the sense that like to anything, yeah. be strong, don't cry. Mm. And because I've also had a couple of challenges in life, mm. I always operate from a point of being strong. There's no time to break down. There's mm. no time to cry. Hence, when people ask me about my discipline and how I managed mm. to be where I am today with a few things I've managed to achieve, yeah. I'm always scared because there's a thin line. I say to them that I tend, to, or someone noted that I tend to be much more easier or lighter mm. or not as strict on other people. Yeah. And I'm like, yes, because if I were to treat you, how I, my coping mechanism mm. was extremely um, strong. I was extremely mm. hard on myself. I didn't yeah. allow myself that. Yeah. And my discipline came from a point of flight. And it's not normal. And you that's... Know, it's, we're operating at that level. Mm. That very militant, mm. that it's not healthy. It's very, um, what's the right mm. word? What do you call it? It's, it's not toxic. toxic. Very toxic. <laughs> self-destructive. <Yes>. Very <laughs> toxic, very yeah. self-destructive. Yeah. So it was a double-edged sword in the sense that it got me to be where I am today. And I acknowledge that I'm grateful for that because without that, I wouldn't yeah. be here. However, it did it's, cause a lot of damage. It's not serving you in the long 100%. run. 100%. Yeah. And I couldn't operate from there going forward. Hence, mm. I needed to start going to therapy. Mm. You know, And that's the thing about life. It's like we come to these stops where you realize you can't go on like that. And I think a lot of people think those stops are negative. You know, you mm. say, oh, my gosh, which means I'm a failure. No, this is the no. way of, the, of, 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 of your spiritual self or your divine self saying, you know what, stop. <laughs> this is not going to serve you, you know. And that's mm. like a, a way, an awakening to say you can't continue like this, no, you know. And I know so many people that operate in that sense from the space of being hard on themselves. But again, you're feeding off of fear. You're not feeding off of love. You yes. know, because you're moving fear to say, oh, if I don't achieve this, then I'm a failure. Yes. If I don't achieve this, I won't have food on the table. If I don't, that can only serve you for so long until it literally stops serving you and you fall apart. So you need to operate from a space of love for yourself. You know, and love for yourself will not, like, if you have this presentation that you have to do, you won't say, oh, if you don't submit this or you're going to be a failure, love for yourself won't allow you to push yourself, push yourself to a point where you fall apart. But yeah. if I tell me, because I also see on social media, people mm-hmm. tend to, I see quite a lot. Um, scheduling crying, scheduling breaking <laughs> apart. <laughs> Why are you laughing? Because I know, I know, I saw a specific tweet about that. You know, I saw, <laughs> I saw it too from, and I know we, we both yeah, never we saw yeah, it from. So, you know, which is something which I used to do. Like I said to you, it was yeah. a very, it's, a, it's very unhealthy and it's very mm. toxic, yeah. you know. But also understand when you, when you are, when life is dealing you yeah. certain things, guys, you don't have, you feel like you don't have the luxury to fall apart. You don't have the luxury to yeah. feel because there are deadlines, mm. there's work, there's personal issues yeah. stretching your left, right hand and center. Yeah. And you feel like all you have to do is be strong, you know, which mm. is why I tend to refrain from commenting on such things because people always say, but you don't understand what I'm going through. You don't yeah. know what's on my plate, you know. So how does mm. one find the balance between dealing with life mm. and having to allowing yourself mm. to feel without feeling like you're falling apart or mm. I don't know tricky okay so for me I operate from the same thing to say I, I can't afford to fall apart but I don't do it in a negative sense I do it in a sense of I need to pr- pr- prioritize my mental health my physical health mm-hmm. my emotional health so that I don't fall apart not in the sense of oh I can't afford to fall apart so I've got to keep things together my, my thing is I can't afford to pull, fall apart you know because when you fall apart then you're off for like six months <laughs> and it's so hard mm-hmm. to get back into a good space but if you just journey with yourself you know and with love <laughs> and you make sure you have those stops in between you make mm-hmm. sure you meditate daily you make sure you exercise you know for me personally that's how I've that's what kept kept my peace you know even when, you, when people say oh I schedule Fridays you know <laughs> to fall apart or whatever um, for me I've had a whole week where I just it, thankfully I'm an entrepreneur so I can do things like that but I I remember I had a week last year where I just I, I, I realized that 
something is not right. You know, there are certain emotions that I need to express. I wasn't sure what it was, but I knew that I needed to express those emotions. So I stayed in bed yeah. <laughs> and literally for a whole week, I remember I cried every day. So many things that, that I didn't even know were in my system came out, yeah. you know, in that week. Things from years ago, things from... Um, Remember, I just traveled. I was from Cape Town. And I think also it was just travel lag, a whole... Fatigue. Oh, yeah, fatigue. So I remember I had... There were so many things that just came up, but I didn't fight myself and say, oh, Yvette, you know, I because I understand the importance of mental health, I suppose, you know, and I'm not a person that... For me personally, I work from the inside out. Uh-huh. So that means that I look with... I, I maintain my internal life so that I can put out more externally you know so that means i pour into myself more so that i can give more to my business i can give more to my clients i can give more to the thing that i'm trying to create because Mm. at the end of the day if i fall apart there will be no energy to create that thing you know so my first responsibility is to take care of myself and then pour into others so that means i get to say hey sorry i'm busy being with myself right now i do that (laughs) you know Mm. um where where i literally just go to a park and i sit by myself i set my own dates i go to the movies on my own because I need to take care of me first before I try to take care of everybody else. And that's the point that I work from. And not from the world, from the outside in, which says, oh, if I perform well, then I'll take care of myself. If I, you know, achieve this award or if I get this promotion, then I'll be fine. No, I need to be fine first. And then give from that point of wellness, mm. from that point of being good with myself, loving myself, um, pouring into myself, then I have more to give to others. Because at the end of the day, you can't create, you know, from an empty cap. Hundreds. You True. can't. So mm. I live on the same mantra to say I can't afford to fall apart. But for me, that's my motivation to keep things together, not in a way of putting pressure on myself, mm. but keep things together in terms of my spiritual, my mm. emotional, and my mental health. So I make sure I read every day, you know, to point to my mental wellness. I make sure I write down, I, have a, I write down my, the thing, I say the things that I'm grateful for while I'm driving to work in the morning. You know, I mm. make sure that I go for my walks. I make sure I eat right. Because again, the kind of food that we eat, you so know, important. and when you say these things, people are like, uh, but okay, <laughs> you know, I make sure I eat right. Because again, the, when you eat a lot of sugar, things like that affect your, your mental health because sugar creates a high and then uh-huh. when you go low, you crash, you know, uh-huh. things like that. Or when you... Just when you don't take care of yourself, mind, body, and so I make sure I exercise. You know, I'm not a fitness bunny, but I work out at least three <laughs> times a week. That's you know. more than enough. Yeah, three like three times a week. And even on days when I don't feel like it. Because I know that if I don't, I know that I will fall apart. That's the truth of it. I just know I will. So That's again, me. even in that space, it's like I still create a balance. I'm not saying, oh my gosh. Mm. Oh. On days where I need to rest, then I rest. You know, so I think essentially it's about listening to your body, listening to yourself, listening to your mind. And those emotions that come that we usually push away are trying to communicate to you that something's wrong within your system. That's God's way of saying, hey, look at yourself, you know, mm-hmm. pay attention. You know, so I think if we just listen to ourselves instead of pushing away um, when when we cry to ourselves, you know, yeah. your, your, your higher self or whatever you want to call it communicates mm-hmm. to you that, hey, it's time to rest. If you just listen to that a little bit more than what you listen to the world, what the world says about keeping it together, about mm. this rat race that we're all in. I've been in Joba for two years and it's crazy. It is. You know, it's crazy. Thankfully, I live in the middle of nowhere. So <laughs> that helps, you know, to stay away from the pressure. But I think it's about really listening to your emotions and not putting them away, you know, and, and, and listening to them and resting if you need to rest and getting out of bed if you need to get out of bed, taking that walk if you need to take, mm. take that walk. And I think being just kind to yourself. So, quick one. Um, now that we're on the topic, of course, of like yeah. wellness, yeah. Um, our generation, society, seems to be more susceptible to depression. Mm. I don't want to say is it more susceptible or it's something which has always been there and mm. we just didn't have platforms like social media to mm. express it. And our parents probably never knew how to identify what depression is because, I mean, it's still a taboo topic in our uh, in the black community. Um, they don't understand it. I remember when I had to tell my parents that I'm depressed, I, just, I was asking myself, how am I going to do this? You know, um, my dad is a teacher, so mm. I, he's, um, I knew that he would know what it is. But yeah. my mom um, is not as, quite as educated as my father yeah. is. So how do I tell someone like her that I've got mm. depression? So it was a, I had to write a whole passage, you know, and send yeah. it to every single one of them, even a link yeah. to 
wow. sent a link to my brother, my, fa- my entire family, to mm. tell them what depression is. Yeah, you know, and and it was it was a very very um, it was very very tough time also because um because I had to learn to keep things together from a young age. Mm. I've always been the least problematic child. Yeah, I had and even that's out. that's an identity that you have to let go of so you 100%. can allow yourself to be okay. Hundred yeah. percent. I had to. So for me. My parents trusted me with a lot of things. Like I said, yeah. I decided quite a lot of things. Mm. Where to study, I decided by myself what to. I've had a, mm. a, a lot of decisions I had to do myself. Mm. So um, they trusted me quite a lot with my career, with my yeah. life. I mean, I shared certain information with my, I told, I shared, I shared with my dad um, my resignation the other day. Mm. And I'm actually going to my phone now. I want to show you what he said. Um, dad, you know, and... Oh, he said, this is him. Good morning, um, Nita. A brave decision to make my daughter. Mm. They said the future belongs to the brave. Mm. All the best in the days and years ahead, my beloved daughter. Mm. You know, he didn't freak out. Yeah. And that's always my parents. And <laughs> Doesn't that feel so good? Because, you know, but for a second, I was like, mm. are you not like, <laughs> where is it? You know, a little, my dad, and that's my, yeah. he doesn't freak out. And but that just comes from the fact that I've always just been together. Mm. But, but also, like I said, no, it allowed minimal room for me to break apart. You know, so when they, when I told them about the depression, they freaked out. Yeah. Because they were just like, what, when, how, what's mm. wrong? Like, you know, because everyone was just used to like pounding everything on me, yeah. pounding, 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 because I was that one that was always, that always had it together, mm. that didn't seem to have problems, yeah. etc. So, like I said, I'm not understanding, I'm not sure maybe whether the depression thing, mm. you know, was it a prevalent now because mm. we've got platforms like social media, whereas before it's been taboo. Mm. Um, why do you think, I don't know. Why do you think we suffer from so much depression, or do you think it's our lifestyle that we're mm. leading? Do you want to delve into that? Ugh, there's so many aspects of it. You know, um, for me, um, I am Venda speaking, right? So, uh-huh. um, my family, we grew up in, I guess, my mother and her siblings, and yeah, my grandparents are from Venda. So, when I look at my grandmother's lifestyle, right, she wakes up, she goes to her orchard. Right, uh-huh. that's exercise, <laughs> and then what my parents grew up on, and for me, I, I grew up in a, for a little while. I think until I was like four years old in Venda, and what we ate was pap morogo, right, mm. which are greens, <laughs> mm. right. So there's exercise, there's greens already, and um, a lot of things, and also as African people, we had a culture of community. We didn't have sure. this thing of fences and walls and do your thing, you know, and we, you know, everybody. That's not really an African thing, at least according to my opinion. I think we had a thing of if you needed sugar, uh-huh. you go next door. You know, we had a thing of if the one child, you know, that oh, it takes a village to raise a child. Uh-huh. That's the kind of community or at least that's how we lived. You know, so I think even in that space, of course, I'm not saying that there wasn't depression. You know, uh-huh. they did go through things. So there's this part where I think... To a certain extent, the generation before us, um, or before before us, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, the generation of our grandparents, I think to a certain extent, they really didn't feel as much the weight of it, you know, because they, I guess, worked a lot. They did a lot of physical activity. Mm-hmm. They ate a lot of healthy food. Like sure. these, yeah, you know, and their lifestyle was very different. And they didn't have this thing of isolation. Mm-hmm. These days, we have fake connectivity, which is social media. <laughs> but sure. we're actually all disconnected. We actually all feel alone. We actually feel, right. you know, that's why instead of you'd rather be on social media than do what you're supposed to be doing because it feels like this comfort, you know, but it's like a fake comfort because more some of the interactions they aren't even real you know you're still we're still lacking within the real connectivity the real ubuntu the real you know i'm not okay how do we move this through this together you know and if you look at african culture there's a lot of you know we're going Uh through this relationship how do we move things through how do you move through these things together of course these things have changed over time and been made about but if you look within african culture there's everything has a, a, some sort of some sort of celebration amongst it. You know, if it's a young woman going into menopause, well, not menopause, young women don't go into a menopause. But if she's going into menstruation, there's a whole ritual around that. There's a whole mentoring thing around that. Mm. If if it's a, a young man who needs to 
or get circumcised. There's a whole ritual around it. There's a whole mentoring thing about it to say, you know, this is what it means. And of course, these things have changed over time. But the intention behind those things was so that people aren't alone in their journey as they become whatever versions of, the, of themselves. When you get married, there's a whole advisory board that you'd have access to. You know, and these things, again, have been mal- made to be malicious and, mm. you know, all now the thing of creating suffering for women as well. But even in that space, those things have the intention of saying, you know what, you don't have to do that life alone. And I think today's generation suffers a lot because, again, we we isolate ourselves. <laughs> mm. You know, we like to pretend. And we social media creates this, this space. So for example, Instagram, you know, it's about mm. approval. <laughs> sure. It's based on a thing where you judge and then you approve. That's behind... That's that's what's behind it if you look into it, you know. So you look at it, you judge it, and then you click the like button. If you don't like it, you don't like you scroll past. So therefore some people base their their worth on that. You know, social media as well. You don't get enough retweets and you're like, How mm. my retweets have gone down these days? You know what's going on, you know? And you start questioning your worth. So I think part of the contribution to that is how much of an isolation culture we've 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 kind of like established, mm. you know. Um and also I think also the fact that we are connected but disconnected. You know, we have engagement, sure. but we're not engaging. <laughs> you know, so mm. there's, there's this thing where, you know, you're on your phone all day, but you haven't seen mm. a single soul and you're suffering inside. Look, yeah. I think, I mean, I've, I, what, um, what you're talking about is true about people that are putting their value or worth mm. based on social media mm. engagement, you know, and like someone once said to me that they would like constantly check and refresh the page mm. once they've posted something to see how many likes they got, how many people commented. Yeah. And it created a certain level of anxiety, you know, and already that created an anxiety of like, OMG, are people liking it? Are they not liking it? You know, and I mean, social media is beautiful. It's, it's a amazing. where it has connected <laughs> people and has created opportunities mm. and people have made a livelihood mm. of it. But I think it also has a very, very dangerous and dark side to it. So like, I don't know, when do you think... What are, what do you think are the signs or one should know when to step back or when to go offline? Mm. Because in as much as yes, anxiety it has created the mm. validation it has seeked, people tend to compare themselves quite a lot. Yep. So it has actually got on false identities to, by you know, the ways. <laughs> you know, and that's the tricky thing about it. You know, when people put I think people put so much pressure on themselves now because I'm just like, Oh hey, look at Yvette, OMG, Yvette mm. just bought that car, Tickle, he's buying a house, yo, you know, Yvette yeah. like you know, and I'm just like when it and I'm just like I don't have a house mm. yet or I don't have a car yet and I'm not doing as well. Mm. And I start to think that everybody seems to be doing okay on social media. And I'm just and I'm just like, Am I mm. not doing something right? Mm. You know, and I start to question where I'm at mm. in my journey. So I don't know, where does, how does one find the balance? How do you know that, you know what, Jay, step back? Yeah. Or it's starting using social media now. It's not a source of inspiration and motivation anymore now. It's a comparison mm. thing and it's, it's taking a negative mm. turn. How so there's I, so many yeah. aspects of social media. Firstly, we allow ourselves to get dragged into other people's energy. <laughs> Very right? true. So there's so many angry people on there. And then if you log into social media, there's something to be angry about every day. That's something that we need to guard our hearts and our minds. Especially against. Twitter. <laughs> or Twitter but <laughs> like genuinely, like you need to be very conscious of who you follow mm. and what, what you allow to drag your energy into. You know, I can give you an example to say, if someone calls you now and say, I need, I need money, right? They're mm. dragging into their energy of like, Right, sure. so you need to set the boundary and say yes. You don't need to go panicking and say, "Oh my gosh, this person needs money." Then you're allowing somebody else to dictate your energy. You can mm. calm down and say, "You know what? Let me think about it. Let me call call this person after three days and find out if they still need the money." They probably would have made a solution, but that's one way you can guard your heart. You know, mm. if you're the go-to person for everybody. So, in the same stance that somebody can call you and say and just start an argument with you and pull you into their energy of negativity or fighting or whatever. Social media just the same thing. And we need to be very cognizant and conscious of what 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 we allow allow into our consciousness. You know, mm. for example, I don't watch the news. <laughs> like I I read it in my own time. You know, mm. so if I switch on the radio in the morning, I, I when the news comes on, I genuinely switch it off because I don't want to that I don't want to hear what's going wrong because the news doesn't tell you what's mm. going right in the world. That's not the first thing I want to hear every single morning. You know, and everything we consume into our consciousness, whether it's on social media, whether it's through mm. music, whether it's through television, affects our overall consciousness. That's why when you listen to R and B, you know, and then you mm-hmm. catch feelings <laughs> because it affects your emotions. You know, so how you know that? Um, 
your social media or is affecting you negatively. Mm. I think you'll know by how you feel after being there. You know, if you feel anxious sure. after being on social media, then that's a sign, you know, because like I said, your emotions communicate to you, you mm. know. So if you, certain, if you do certain things or you don't do certain things and you feel anxious, then you know there's something that's being communicated to you by I your guess. mind, by your higher self, whatever you want to call it, that says maybe step back, you know. Mm. Um, if you... If you tend to rather be there than creating the life that you want, <laughs> right? So you're using that, you know, because there's nothing wrong with getting inspiration from social media. But if you're there, you know, to kind of like step away from your own issues, instead of being self-aware and listening to your mm. own emotions and you run away and just go and scroll through and the next thing, okay, it's time for bed. And then that keeps you like, you create like this coping mechanism, you know, instead of looking at your own reality and being conscious of and, and intentional about fixing the things in your life, you find yourself like just kind of going through social media to, I guess, forget about your own things, you know, not in a, there's nothing wrong with going to social media for inspiration. We all do that. But if it's now affecting the, your productivity level, you know, the, the, the rate at which you're self-aware and being intentional about your own life, then I think that's time for you to say, okay, maybe let me take a social media break so I can consciously work on creating the life that I want for myself, you know? So yeah, I think social media is amazing if you use it right. You know, I'm mm. very intentional about my social media. I go through it. If I feel negative from the kind of stuff that I post, then I look at it and say, do I really want to post this kind of content? You know, so I gauge my intentions for being there. So what's your intention for being there? If it's to learn, then know that intention. If it's to grow, know that intention and stick with it. If it's to inspire others, know that intention. If it's to argue, that's also your intention, but be aware of that, you know, in the kind mm. of space that it's going to get you into. So, yeah. I mean, I completely agree social media has the ability to contribute to your insomnia to anxiety to stress mm. and and so much more it even affects the quality of sleep that you get you know um one thing that i will really agree with you which i've implemented i've i've always implemented that and which has really attributed to my healing so yeah. far i actually don't watch the news as well <laughs> and i actually don't watch tv at all yeah and when I choose, as well as social media, I'm very strict in terms of who I follow. Mm -hmm. And I don't watch people's stories. I, I just don't aimlessly do something. Because immediately when you look at that, it grabs you into the energy. So if that person is sad on that day, when I, even if you were fine, you must go move your energy into that sadness. 100%. You know, so, no. I completely, completely, <laughs> completely agree with you. I mean, so I, I don't watch television of that even the radio i don't listen to the radio you know i play music and whatever i listen to is something which i intentionally allowed my space mm. to be in because music is also good for expressing emotion but then if you you yes. don't want to fall apart <laughs> don't go listen to yeah. r&b <laughs> don't go listen to brand McNate. <laughs> don't do it no i can i can yeah. agree with you yeah. so i'm just that's why people um i protect my energy and my space so much i listen to gospel only mm. and that's because i understand what it feeds me mm. you know i listen in the morning i'll listen to, to um sarah jakes robert yeah um she's a preacher because i understand because I understand the importance of what you consume. And for someone that has experienced depression and anxiety, you are very, very sensitive. And especially because I've had to learn how to be sensitive and acknowledge all emotions. So I know that I'm, very, I'm super sensitive. It's so funny. And I remember when I had one of my therapy sessions with my therapist and I asked her, what is this? Why am I feeling like this? She was mm -hmm. like, yes, that's anger. So I had she, <laughs> you're laughing at me, Ben. <laughs> no, I was actually so hopeless. She had to yeah, help me identify and understand what anger is, what yeah. that is. So yeah. I'm just extra careful, especially yeah. because of the journey I was in. But anyway, um, one more question for you is that from a realistic perspective, how does one manage to protect the energy or the light from a relationship perspective, like, you yeah. know, from people? Because they can be very demanding. Mm. And you can get very stressed. And if you're not careful, like you said, now mm. the cup that you pour out of mm. can be very stressed and there'll be not mm. much left in for you. Yeah, I think you need to just first understand that you don't have to meet everybody's demands. <laughs> You're not so that true. You, you, you don't have to meet, you don't have to, to answer to people's energy every single time. You know, I think firstly, if you honor yourself first, everybody benefits from that. And mm. I think everybody sees the word being selfish as something negative, you know, but be selfish. Take care of yourself because when you do take care of yourself, you can take care of others. But is the right word 
self-preservation. Well, I use selfish because uh-huh. most people are like, it's, it's, it's hard. Even now you're trying to correct me and say self-preservation <laughs> yes. because even the concept of putting yourself first is difficult. But people only uh-huh. call you selfish when you're not doing what they want you to do. Mm. Have you thought about that? Only mm-hmm. when you're not doing what they want you to do. You know? Are you considered selfish? That's very true. That's the only time. You know? So you need to take care of yourself. And I say this even to my friends who are mothers and, you know, and single parents to say, if you fall apart, who's going to take care of your kids? You know, mm. if you fall apart, who's gonna pay your bills? <laughs> but you don't know? you think it comes from the fact that as women we have not been taught how to be selfish? We are mm. taught to be givers and givers, whereas it's the opposite for men mm. actually. Whereas men are taught to give, give, think give, give until in, we're empty. Even in relationships, <laughs> oh, like as women, we give, give, give. We don't have a stop, hold, no. Mm. Whereas men are very selfish, guys. Men are selfish. They're so good time. at being selfish. We should. We, we should. <laughs> like, that's one thing I've said before. That you know, what, my goal in life, and it's, 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 it's mm. you know, if you don't want to do something, don't. And mm. men and are very good. And communicate that to others, and you'll be surprised how many people will be okay with you communicating to them that you know what today I actually just want to take care of my energy. You know, I actually mm. just want to be alone. I don't want to meet up with you. You know, I can't sure. meet up with you because I really need to fill my cup. You know, that's a loving statement. And I don't know why. I think we overwork things in our heads. Like, you know, uh-huh. I have so many people around me that I've just said, be selfish. It's okay. You know. But, people, <laughs> but you know what? The thing is, people initially are not very receptive of it, um, mm-hmm. Yvette. Yeah. I mean, I saw it as well. The minute I started saying no, it yeah. was a what? What do you because mean? Because pe- you created a pattern where people Hundreds. are used to you giving, you know. Mm. So you have to change the pattern. Break the pattern. Create a new one. It's okay you know and that's the first thing that i would say is that be selfish selfish is not a bad thing i say this in my sessions i say this because if it served the other person right because for example you become empty and you're Mm. let's say you're in a relationship with your partner right and your cup is now empty and they Mm. start drawing from an empty cup Mm. resentment starts building up because you're like i gave you so much when i didn't have anything to give but you have the choice to say you know what i'm gonna preserve my energy you know i am going to put myself first because that's what selfish means putting yourself first so you can give to others so other people still benefit from you doing well other people benefit again black text right when you I've, i've had also so many conversations with people that um struggle with setting that boundary you know because mm. i keep giving to my family my siblings or these other people but i can't now invest and buy my first house when you start buying property does your family not benefit from that when you start growing your business of does course. your family not benefit from that you know so we we have this this thing where we create guilt for ourselves you know because oh i can't do it because but look at the bigger picture everybody benefits when you're in a good space Everybody benefits when you grow financially. Everybody benefits when you're in a good space emotionally and spiritually. You know, but when we don't mm-hmm. do that part of taking care of ourselves, we end up building resentment, right? We don't set boundaries. Mm. It actually causes more problems than it does any good. You know, so of course people will because of the change and because of the habit that we've created. It's like, you know, when a mom leaves the house for the first time and she leaves her three-year-old, the three-year-old mm-hmm. cries <laughs> mm. because they're used to mommy being around, you know. And but, but, the, but by the fifth time, or the first time you drop them off at school, by the fifth time you drop them off, they stop crying because they're looking at, oh, wow, mommy actually loves me and school is great, you know, or she's actually going to come back, you know. So you now create, take a step away from creating these, I guess, habits, you know, Mm. that are actually not serving you. And if they're not serving you, they're not serving the other person. So we tend to elude ourselves in thinking that when we don't take care of ourselves, you know, then we're taking care of others. It doesn't work that way, at least not in my world. You know, you need to take care of yourself so you can give more to others. And when you win, everybody wins. And I think it's just a perspective change. But um, other ways that people can take care of themselves as or set their boundaries or protect their energy That's so is, is setting boundaries, you know, setting boundaries, just saying no and not feeling bad about Look, it. I had to <laughs> learn to say no. Like it feels so good. It, it feels I'm actually, so good. I think I'm actually happiest <laughs> now. <laughs> when you just say no, you know, no, really. Mm. Um, I realized that, you know, um, 
and I actually learned that from a friend of mine, very close friend of mine. She says says no with so much ease. When mm. she doesn't want to do something, mm. she says no. She's like, I don't want to see this person. I actually mm. don't want to go out. And she just says, I actually don't want to. And I learned that from her. And you get so much peace because you don't do, like I said, the resentment mm. isn't there because I'm not doing things I don't want to do. I don't feel overly stretched. So saying no is the best, mm. learning to say no is the best thing that mm. I've had to learn. And that applies from a work perspective, mm. from a relationship perspective. People in general, people will always take, take, take. And let's be honest, people are selfish beings. Up until you put the boundary, the people will always take, take, take. And you mm. teach people how to treat you. Keep, yeah, and the thing is, any behavior continues because we allow it to. So for somebody to keep taking, it means you keep on giving. <laughs> it's impossible for somebody to keep taking from you unless you keep giving, you know, allowing them to come into that space. So it's, a, it's, 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 it's something that you have to create everybody's selfish just like you said you know until you become selfish for yourself when you've been given a given person then they're like oh you're selfish you know and you it's okay you know just say no and a lot of people that really struggle to say no it's because we it's because you're seeking approval from other people you think that mm. if you say no they'll reject you you know they'll probably say oh i won't be friends with you you know but it, you don't need friends like that you don't need people like that who only need you or who only take from you at the end of the day. You know, if their love is conditional, if their love is about just getting and receiving from you only, you know, then that's not something that you need. So setting boundaries will allow you to also filter out certain people in your life who've just come there to take from your energy and not give back. Take, take, you know? take, so take. boundaries are pretty important saying no is important and not feeling bad about it, you know, and communicating those boundaries with love. Because sometimes when we find ourselves, we're just like, no, and I don't care what you think. You know, I think it's, it's, you can still do those things with love and say, you know what, I actually just need time by myself. It doesn't have to be, I cannot have a you know, I don't care about you, you know, so I'm not giving you time of day. No, you can say, I actually just need to, I'm going through a tough time. You know, if you don't want to tell people that, you can just say, you know what, um... I do have plans. You don't have to say what kind of plans. I say I've got plans. And sometimes it's, I'm literally just sitting by myself and meditating. Those are plans that I've made with myself and so I am important. important. Therefore, I honor those plans, you know. So it's about communicating those boundaries with love as well, you know, for to those loved ones that you know care about you. Because you don't want to, again, push away people, you know, but you can communicate those boundaries. If they, if you communicate with love and they still don't receive them with, as you communicated them, then that's on them, you know. So communicate your boundaries you know, no, what's that? No is a sentence on its own. <laughs> it doesn't mm. need to be explained. 100%. <laughs> and, and, yeah. and it's okay. Yeah. And it's okay. And like I said, um, I'll, I remember I had, a convers- I had this conversation with my therapist and she says that naturally you will face resistance, but people will learn. They'll learn. And They'll people adapt. that care and understand, they will change and mm. adapt to your way of doing things. You know, I... One of the boundaries which I said, like I told myself that after nine o'clock, I don't accept phone calls. Unless you're dying, don't call me. (laughs) (laughs) No, really. I said that to family, friends, you know, and I said that and I communicated with Mm. them, like I said, now with compassion, you know, with love that Mm. I am going through this. Mm. Therefore, I am already stretched. I can't give anything. Even if you weren't going through that, if that's how you show love for yourself Mm. and they need to honor that. It's that simple. Very true. <laughs> so, so, so mm-hmm. true. Yeah. You know, and I said that, and I mean, I remember one of, well, I had a friend that even said to me that, like, um, you don't think we're busy ourselves, that we sit and we don't do a lot of thumbs and do nothing. Mm-hmm. And and I said, it's not about that. I just chose right now because of the journey I'm mm-hmm. in to prioritize myself, my well-being and my self-care. And also because it's very important. It's what I needed at that point in time. And mm-hmm. as a friend, you would understand that. I'm not trying to say that you're not busy or you don't have anything important. I'm just saying that at this present point in time, mm. this is my priority. Mm. And it's important that I take care of self first mm. before, like you said, you, you take can take care of others. You can take care of others. Yeah. But nonetheless, we've been talking so much. Um, oh my word, you know, we're on for eight minutes. Oh right my now. goodness. <laughs> <laughs> what? what? So just to wrap up, before I wrap up, just... Um, three things that you three daily habits that are important to ensure that to keep your sanity 
Okay, three um, habits. Okay, so I say, I guess, prayers of gratitude. So I, every day I acknowledge what I'm grateful for before and in the evening. Mm-hmm. Um, so I say what I'm grateful for, the simple things. I'm grateful for love in my life. I'm grateful uh, for friends. I'm grateful for family. I'm grateful for the opportunity to create, you know. So that's how I start and that's how I end my day. And um, I visualize because I really mm-hmm. struggle to get out of bed in the morning. <laughs> so I visualize myself doing what I need to do for that particular day. I visualize myself in for the next five years. Those pictures of myself on a stage with 30,000 people, you know, changing lives. Those are the things that keep me going in my vision. So I visual, I make sure I visualize um, in the morning uh, before mm-hmm. I start my day. And the last thing is I exercise and I always make sure I learn something new every day. So that's another habit that I guess keeps my mind going, you know, mm-hmm. so I make sure I invest in my mental, I guess, knowledge and progress, you know, so that's a habit that I keep consistent, just like learning every day, um, personal development, you know, so that I can have more to give out as well to the people that I encounter and self-love, man. <laughs> self-love. self-love. Yeah, love, love, love. Yvette, where can we find you? So... Since we've been talking about social media, you can find me <laughs> at Yvette underscore L-L-U, which is Y-V-E-T-T-E underscore L-U. And um, you can find me, you can email me you know, at hello at Yvette L-U dot C-O dot Z-A or call me on my number, which is 076-901-6734. So, yeah. And you don't have you don't have Instagram. No. Oh yeah, I have <laughs> on all social media. If you just say Evade underscore Alu, um, I'm there. Yeah, so if Evade Alu Coaching on Facebook, um, so I'm everywhere. If you just search me or go to my site, I think on yeah EvadeAlu.co.za, you can find my website and all my handles and all my information is there. Well, not all of it, but <laughs> all mm. the things that you guys need to know. Yeah. So just wrap again, life coach, business coach. Yeah. Personal coach. Yes. And the company is Shumani Africa. Um, that's my NPO, Shumani ah, Africa. Uh-huh. And um, my my business development agency is called The Global Village. So, yeah. Mm, okay, cool. So, if I want to find out about how to manage my transition from corporate to business, I can actually come to you. Definitely. You can come to me if you, you want to manage um, your emotions moving from corporate to business you can come to me if you want to manage um, how your business is going to transition now mm. your business what's your vision for your business you can come to me if you just need um, a strategy as to how to move forward with your life and become the better version of you so yeah you know that like uh, I'm gonna annoy you right <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking forward to it you got my number girl <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for thank you so much for um coming in and for your contribution to this episode and we will definitely be hearing from you again very very soon appreciate you thank you very much of it thank you for having me Anita. cool thank bye you. bye